Conversations with Gary, a weekly podcast featuring the preaching and teaching ministry of Gary E. Wright. The music is provided by Doug Noonan and Renewal Band and is used with permission. My faith is in Welcome to Conversations with Gary. And we're excited today because our desire is to have a conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope that happens uh, while we're, we're talking today. The story today that we begin with is one of uh, very interesting. It's a story of intrigue, uh, of mystery. It's it's really a whodunit um, type of situation. It involves murder. And you say, well, <laughs> conversations with Gary, is that kind of story today? Well, just a bit. Uh, it's a, a story recorded by many of the news agencies uh, across the, the world. Uh, and it took place in Kruger Park. Kruger Park is one of the great wildlife uh, parks in, in all of the world. It's located in South Africa. And... <laughs> It involves elephants. Uh, you know the elephant in the room uh, analogy. Well, th- th- this is this is really true. The elephant in the room was that a problem occurred in Kruger Park, where they had many of their very rare rhinos were killed, and. Uh, they investigated the rangers or whatever you call them in Kruger Park in South Africa. They realized that uh, the rhinos were killed and they were really trampled uh, by elephants. Here's what happened. Previous to the slaying of the rhinoceros, Uh, the elephant population in Kruger Park had gotten too big. And so a decision was made, we're going to remove uh, a lot of the older male elephants to cut down on the overpopulation of elephants in Kruger Park. Uh, Almost immediately, they began to have a problem. And the problem was with the younger male elephants. Uh, as they were getting ready to grow and mature, they found that without the older male elephants in the park, the young elephants didn't know how to be elephants. <laughs> and they became very aggressive uh, and, and uh, overly uh, sexually active and began to terrorize the park. They would pick up with their trunks objects and throw them at other uh, animals in the park or or tourists or whatever. And uh, finally, the climax of it all was that they attacked these very rare rhinos in the park and trampled and killed them. And the rangers and the officials got together in Kruger Park and 
they reevaluated the situation and realized these young elephants didn't know how to act like elephants without the older male elephants that they had gotten rid of. So they had to import back in older male elephants. It didn't take long before the Kruger Park turned to turned back to normalcy um, as the older elephants influenced the younger elephants on how to be elephants. So there is the elephant in the room story. <laughs> and so uh, I wish I could say that Kruger Park and the elephant challenge only happens to elephants and rhinos. But you and I know that we human beings have the same kind of problem. Seems like that there is a problem with children not knowing how to be adults throughout the world. And often, I think, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather, I think the problem is that sometimes we fathers are absent, not necessarily just physically, but I've had times in my life when I was emotionally or mentally absent from my children who at times needed me, but I, I was uh, somewhere else in my mind or my emotions and really couldn't be the dad that they needed. And I think my children suffered during those times. I believe that the uh, most children, they, they all need a dad and mom to be engaged in their life. Uh, and if that's not possible, then we need to find a way to deal with whatever is absent. Because I believe God made us uh, as a family to raise our children. And so that's where we're beginning today. Because here's what I believe. Uh, I'm liking the family situation. And this could be uh, biological family, church family. Um, if, if you want to really raise healthy people, children, grandchildren around us, I'm liking each generation in a family to a link of chain uh, representing multi-generations uh, in our families. And I believe that life in the Bible shows us we're either building a chain of sin and disgrace, or hopefully uh, we're also, we're building a chain of grace. This is what the Bible says. The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness, who forgives sin, um, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, including the sin of fathers on children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. That's Exodus 34. Telling us that what I do as a human being influences my children, my grandchildren, 
my great-grandchildren. It says to the third and fourth generation. Now, if you've ever been part of recovery uh, groups, 12-step groups, um, and you're in a 12-step group, you will hear people say, I can't believe my actions, how I acted, because I had a parental figure who did those things, and I so hated what they were doing, or I hated that person, and yet here I am doing this same thing. If you're in a 12-step group on physical abuse, almost 100% of the time, there was a parent who was abusing that person who now is sitting there saying, I do the same thing. I don't want to, but that's what I do. <laughs> Most of us have something in our life that we noticed our parents doing, and we said, I'll never do that but we do it. <laughs> and, and, and that's not an exciting uh, result, but it's part of most of our lives. Here the Bible actually says, and I believe the Bible, it says that what I do influences to the third and fourth generation. And so the question is, you know, what, what am I passing on to my children? I come from a family who several generations ago were really involved in addiction and alcoholism and and dysfunctional behavior. And thankfully, there was one of the men in our family who broke that whole chain of sin. And so that's why I'm so eager to say, you can break the chain of sin uh, and disgrace that's a part of your family. You you may be the one who God has raised up to help your family break the chain of sin in your family. And it's quite possible. You see in Ezekiel 18, here's proof of what God can do and wants to do in our family. It says, suppose a father has a son who sees all the sins his father commits. And though he sees them, he does not do such things. Notice what the scripture says. He will not die for his father's sins. He will surely live. That's exciting news because here's what that means. It, it means this, that the blood of Jesus can break the chain of sin that may be so generational in our family. Isn't that exciting news? Doesn't that give us hope? Because the Bible is true. It's the fact. What the Bible teaches is true. You can break, you and I can break the chain of sin that's been a part of our family. Those chains can go off. And here's what's exciting. We can start a new chain, a chain of grace. I think of the gentleman who once wrote for the Chicago Tribune. He was a, he, every Christmas, he attacked uh, Christianity as a writer of the Chicago Tribune. And then one day he said, I just was angry with life. I came home and he said, I'm just angry. And he said, I, I hit the wall with my fist and I made a hole in the wall. 
And he said, my little five-year-old girl went and hid at my outburst. Unknown to him, his wife had gotten involved in a Bible study and had given her life to Christ and was having the women in her group pray for her husband. And he, about that time, somehow, miraculously came to Christ. And not long after he came to Christ, his, his little girl, the one that had gone and hid, went to her mama and said, I want Jesus to do for me what he's done for daddy. <laughs> Today, that gentleman writes so many books and is uh, really a defender of the Christian faith. But they, that family started a new chain of grace. Just like you and I can be instruments and tools to start chains of grace. And, and this again is based on the word of God. Look at what Psalm 78 says. And count the generations here. He commanded our forefathers to teach their children so that the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they in turn would tell their children, then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds. <laughs> if you count it. It's saying God, we can pass our faith and influence from one generation to another, even to the third and fourth generation. Now, in all honesty, I believe the Bible teaches that every person has to receive Christ. And yet, I know the influence my family has had on me and others uh, that come from, uh, we have, uh, I've counted back six generations of godly women in my family and they were often influenced husbands and it, it was my great-grandfather who was an alcoholic um, and really not a good father not a good husband who at the age of 55 gave his life to christ and he became such a powerful uh, passing the faith along to his grandchildren, uh, which was one of my, which was my own father. But he, he was such a powerful influence and really, I think, broke the chain of disgrace and sin that, that's in our family. Uh, I don't know about you, but I asked the question, do we want God's help in trying to influence multi-generations to walk with Jesus Christ. There's one thing I know about you and me. As parents, as grandparents, as great-grandparents, we care more about our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren than you and I care about ourselves. And we would do just about anything that they be blessed and have good in their life. What I'm talking to you and I about today is how we can get help from God. Because I really believe this next statement. 
I wrote this statement and I first of all have to deal this. I don't think we'll know what kind of parent we've been until we see what our grandchildren become. That's tough. Tough on people like me. Uh, you know, uh, my children, my four children are scattered. You know, one lives in Georgia, one lives in Kansas City, another one lives in Alaska. Uh, I have one that lives within 20 minutes. And my grandchildren, how do I influence them with such scattered geography? Well, the first thing I needed to do was to influence my own children. But how can I get God's help? How how can I how can I do that? Uh, and, and here here's what I noticed in God's word. I just want to pass it along. And, and please know, I'm scrambling to meet these same needs. Uh, if there's people in my life I need to ask forgiveness for, I need to do it. But first of all, I need to go to God and say, God, I need your help. And I need to ask his forgiveness. And if I've, and if I've wronged somebody else, I need to ask their forgiveness. That's not always an easy thing to do, is it? Uh, you know, I... My vocation is communicating, talking. I've got to admit, I haven't always used my mouth correctly. Uh, sometimes in anger, I've quickly said things in anger to my wife and to my children and later realize that wasn't right. And I have to go back to my wife or my children and say, I'm sorry, uh, that wasn't the way a godly man is supposed to act. You know, you do that often enough, you get tired of it, and it does change our behavior. <laughs> you learn to control your mouth. The second thing, I, I believe we need to make this building a chain of grace our top priority. Um, the most important thing to me in my life right now is not preaching, it's not building churches, uh, I'm the president of a mission organization, but I got to tell you, the top priority in my life is building a chain of grace through my children, my grandchildren, and even those yet to be born. That's my number one priority. And it's so easy for it not to be. <laughs> How about you? It's so easy to let other things. And, and, and third thing, I need to model whatever it is that I think a godly man is supposed to be. Uh, we know, do as I say, not as I do, doesn't work. So I need to model what I'm talking about. I need to be a godly man. Uh, I need for my children, my grandchildren, to be able to see, okay, that's one version of what a godly man, a godly human being, looks like. And, and, and moms need to do the same thing. And... Last thing, make prayer your most dominant tool in your life. Now, I had a great example of this in my life. My daddy was a great man of prayer. And when I travel somewhere where people knew my dad, over and over again, I hear people say, I loved hearing your daddy pray. And I usually answer the same way. Me too. <laughs> I loved hearing him pray. 
And, and uh, I remember I, I, my two older children coming to me at various times in their life. And when, when our family was going through a time of crisis, they would ask in some f form, does Papa, meaning my daddy, does Papa know what's happening to us, what we're going through? Now, that wasn't just a question. It was also a statement about how they felt about my dad's prayer life. Does Papa know about this? Uh, I never, that never offended me. You know why? Because <laughs> I was asking God, boy, does Papa know about this? <laughs> uh, because we knew if Papa was praying about it, uh, we were in a pretty good situation if he was praying. He, 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 had, he had a direct contact with the Lord. He had the hotline. And he would pray and pray until, until he says, hey, God's going to take care of it. And yes, God always took care of it when Papa said that. And so making prayer the dominant tool, you know, I'll never pray like my dad. I, I'm supposed to pray like Gary Wright's supposed to pray. Uh, but I can tell you that the number one goal in my life is when my children and my grandchildren, especially my grandchildren, they get in trouble. I want them to go to, to, to my children and go, does Papa know about this? <laughs> I, want, I want to be there for them. I, I want to be a man of prayer and a man of God that they can count on. Uh, you know, I'm throwing this in because I think it's important. Uh, do, do you want your adult children and grandchildren to go to church when they become adults? Uh, you know, if both parents go, statistics show 72% of the time that they will go if mom and dad both went to church. When they're adults, they'll go. If it's just dad, still six out of 10 will go, 56%. Uh, about six out of 10 will go when they're adults. I don't like this next, next statistic. It's the truth, but I don't like it. Uh, if mom's the only one that goes and takes the kids 15% of the time, the kids will go as adults, meaning 85% of the time they don't go if mom's the only one that goes and takes them to church. And if they have to go all by themselves, uh, then the statistic is that only 5%, 95% don't go. I don't like that. And I just bring it up just to say, men... If you're one of those guys that says, well, that Jesus stuff, that's for that's for the women and kids. Oh, we can't afford that. We can't afford that because that means our adult children or our adult grandchildren won't know the Lord. Uh, the majority will not. We, we can't afford that. And so I want to give you and your family a chance. If you're in a family that has a has a generational chain of sin and disgrace, the blood of Jesus Christ can change it. 
And he wants to change it through you and me. I just want to remind us. Make this a priority of our life. Seek God's forgiveness for our own sin and make amends to the people around us. Model godly behavior and make prayer the most used tool in our toolbox. I challenge you, let's build a chain of grace and leave that chain of disgrace behind. How about it? Chain of grace. <laughs> Influence your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren to love Jesus by modeling godly behavior so that they know what it looks like. God bless you as you build a chain of grace. listening to this episode of Conversations with Gary E. Wright. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast. If you'd like to see more, you can visit worldrenewal.org and click on Conversations with Gary to see all of our podcasts and videocasts. You can also click around to see all the ministries at World Renewal, as well as make a donation to support Conversations with Gary by clicking the Donate button. That website address again is worldrenewal.org, worldrenewal.org. Thanks again for listening.